This is Ink Bottle. A podcast about creativity, life, parenthood, and changing diapers. Notice that I'm an equal distant distance from the mic. <laughs> Equidistant. And I'm equidistant. <laughs> and I plan to stay that way the entire time, unlike my chaotic animated gremlin Listen, self from last time. We just gotta get you your own mic. I just so. wanna say that I can I can take a note, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can do it. I can well, do it. Why don't y'all subscribe so we can we can crowdfund Daniel his own <laughs> microphone? <laughs> subscribe and pay us. I was, you know, moving around a lot mm-hmm. and I like I, I you know. We move when we talk, Cubans. Okay, housekeeping notes I wanted to go over real quick. So we had planned this as a monthly podcast. We didn't tell anybody that on the podcast, but the idea was to do it once a month, mm-hmm. in part because we're trying to, I think, model healthy uh, decision-making and not overdoing it. And mm-hmm. since we have a toddler and multiple deadlines, yeah, that seemed like realistic. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm on deadline. Yeah, we're on like rolling constant deadlines, right? <laughs> I'm like, on, you just got out. You just turned in a book. Right, uh, you but just turned I, in I gotta major, turn in another one. Exactly, which is awesome. And so we, so we were trying to be realistic, and mm-hmm. I was surprised. I wasn't surprised, but it, I knew it was going to be a lot of fun. But it was even more fun mm-hmm. than I even imagined. Which was so. That's one reason I think we're back already. Yeah. The other reason is we had a question. Yes, we got our first question. We had our first question from a listener. So I think the moral of the story is: if you want more podcasts from us, ask us questions. Ask us questions because <laughs> we have a whole. I know I immediately was like, oh, I know what I want to talk about in the next mm-hmm. episode. And it wasn't that question. But I want to, I think we, you know, we both agree, like, we need to answer questions as they come. Yeah. As much and it's as a good question. A why question. don't you, why don't you read the question? So, okay, I'm going to read the question. Okay. The other thing I want to say was shout out to Sage Groves. Yes. Our producer. Yes. Basically, yes. Truly. Literally. Uh, manager. Editor. <laughs> um, Sage edited the, the last podcast, created the logo. Yes. Um, Sage is a tremendous all around person. Yes. Uh, get you a sage they're they're also a great writer Um, you can find their stuff in a link that will be in the episode notes Harvey Hamer via Substick asks I wonder if you two could share your stories and advice on the road to being published I'm still at the finding an agent stage for traditional publishing though I did self-publish when I was younger Mm. a question that I think a lot of people have in their minds because it is one of the most complicated industries i think to enter into and that's the most complicated part it's very mysterious yes like even when you look at you know other creative industries like um visual art and Mm -hmm. acting you you still get a peek at the like process behind it like Mm. you know actors have to go to auditions you may not know like the details of it but you know like and there's a whole process to making a film like Mm -hmm. you understand what goes into making a film what goes into putting a play on stage what goes into creating a painting or a sculpture with books a lot of times it seems like they just pop out of the author's heads Mm -hmm. and appear on bookshelves Mm -hmm. in like barnes and noble Mm -hmm. and in like indie bookstores and stuff and you don't get any um nobody really gives a peek behind the curtain right and when they do it's also there's such a there's such a wide variety mm-hmm. of of different people's paths mm-hmm. and how we got here and and it's changing constantly. Right. You know, my story ten years ago is so different from yours, and yeah. we'll talk about those. But I, but even you know, different stories that are happening right now and today are just totally different, and mm-hmm. each one of them is what it needs to be. But it's very hard. There is no. <laughs> 
um, you're going to hear me say this a lot because it's my favorite quote, but there is no path. You, mm -hmm. you make the road by walking, as the poet Antonio Machado said, and as I quote way too much. But that's really... No such thing. Exactly, because it's so true. <laughs> it's so real. It's true of the writing process, but it's very true of the publishing process. Right. And so, yeah, go ahead. Another thing I thought of is every time... Have you ever seen the publishing process be portrayed accurately in ooh, media? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's such a good all, point. And I think it's because it's so Weird. boring yeah. <laughs> that you have to dramatize it some mm -hmm. way. So it has to be like some upstart new writer busts into the publisher, right. like the publisher's office. And it's like, here's, I'm going to pitch you my book. Don't you want to publish it? And they're like, yeah, now write it in two weeks. And that's not... Or the alternate version that we see in Hollywood a lot is the burnt out, stressed out writer in mm -hmm. their total pitfall career right. who needs like a lavish, lascivious romance <laughs> to like restart their thing. And then they have to go to Columbia to save their sister right. or whatever. Oh, see, you know, go. and yeah. that's also, it's a thing that happens, but you know, not in nearly such a dramatic <laughs> way. And look, I get it. Yeah. Stories are stories. And yeah. they have to that time I had to go to, uh, I actually had to go to El Salvador to save my sister. Right. Not Colombia. Is that where the movie takes place? I don't know. No. Oh, I'm. Oh, are you, <laughs> wait, are you checking me or making up a new no, story? No, I'm making up a new uh, story. <laughs> just to clarify. Lord. Um, we need um, fact checkers. We need fact checkers. Sage. No. Ro <laughs> Rom uh, Romancing the Stone is the first one, right? Yeah, I think so. I was going to ask you. It holds up. Yeah. The second the one. The second one, mm. not so much. Anyway. Um, off topic. So let's let's do this. Let's let's talk about our, okay. our origin stories because I think they're both interesting and mm -hmm. as interesting as the publishing. You just pointed out how boring publishing is. I mean, and let it me, is. It is. But it's, it's, also, it's, it's a, a long haul. It's a marathon, yeah, not a sprint. Yeah, and it, things take forever, and there's so many hands in the pot. And I mean, but you know, I a lot of these industries are boring. Like the mm -hmm. the minutia of acting is mm -hmm. boring. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of sitting around mm -hmm. and waiting to do like two minutes of work and then great guys all right see you next next setup much like war <laughs> but anyway all right let's do this so so you start um oppenheimer <laughs> haven't seen it no neither have i <laughs> but go ahead um, um me so, start? yeah you start because yours is okay. um more recent and yeah. more interesting yeah i mean it's not it's a it's a lot less recent than i realized what does that mean well no it's just i <laughs> Like, I keep thinking, like, oh, I just started, but it, like, I... Yeah, but COVID warped time. It we is. Know that. Time is fake. Time <laughs> is time And you is hit fake. right... Things started moving, like, literally as COVID started sweeping yeah. the country. Yeah, so, no, it did, it did. That's self-same metal. I started it November 2018 as part of NaNoWriMo. I finished it, and then I let you read the first draft. Mm -hmm. um, you're the only person who's read the first draft. Did some edits. So I'll say I finished it-ish. Mm -hmm. Um in 2019 i did one of those uh twitter chats so i did pit mad mm -hmm. where you tweet out the summary of your book with some like specific hashtags and if any agents or editors like your tweet then that means you they're inviting you to send them a query so i had about i want to say like 12 different agents like it sent them my query letter and everything um had calls with three and then ended up signing with my agent, Allie, Alexandra Levick at Writer's House. Shout out to Allie. She's the best. Um, and at the end of 2019, and then we spent all of 2020 mm -hmm. 
basically revising the book. And then uh, November 2020 went on submission to a bunch of editors, actually. Uh, And in January 2021, had an editor jump in with a preempt, Mm -hmm. which is uh, when someone wants to buy your book before anyone else gets to make an offer. Um, So They better show up with the money. Right. So, (laughs) and they did. And they did. So uh, Maggie Lerman from Abrams, she hopped in with a preempt and bought the book January 2021. Um, And she bought the whole trilogy because, bless my agent, she had me write summaries of books two and three in the trilogy and include those in Mm -hmm. our submission package. Mm -hmm. That was smart. It's very smart. Like I said, shout out to Allie. You are the best. Um, And this blew my mind, though. So when I sold the book in January 2021, they were like, great, and it's scheduled for publication spring 2023 i was like what it's finished like i did the book it's done (laughs) um but no we we really did spend like a year fine-tuning it there was still like you know copy edits and uh the approved reader had to look at it and the marketing team had to get a hold of it and come up with all their plans Mm -hmm. we had to figure out what the cover was gonna be and figure out all this like copy and text and everything so that two years was very necessary um but yeah, and then I have my next two books planned out because I sold a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, we'll see we'll see where things go. That is a remarkably smooth process. It, right, <laughs> what, right. You also got pregnant. When, oh yeah. When in the process? Yes. Uh, so. Um, and how did that happen? Two weeks. Well. <laughs> Different podcast. When. <laughs> When two people like each other enough to, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) we picked him up in the cabbage patch. Um, No. So two weeks after I sold my book, I found out I was pregnant. So yeah. And then uh, two weeks after I had my baby, I got my editorial letter. Oh my God. That baby is enmeshed in the process right he <laughs> really is he wild. really is it was it was truly bonkers so that's a that's a that's a longish stretch you, an editorial letter can come you know yeah in anywhere in between that basically yeah i mean but you know the big thing is that um you know one of the biggest effects that COVID has had on all industries across the board, but especially on publishing is that it slowed everybody down. Yeah. That's not to say that's like an immeasurably long time or a bad thing is to let people know, like there's just such a, such a range, you know, Mm -hmm. you could get notes really fast or you could get notes a long, long time away, months and months. It's very up in the air. Yeah. But that's exactly that, that range of things is true across publishing, right? You can Mm -hmm. submit to an agent and hear back the next day or in a couple hours. Yeah. Or you could not hear back ever, mm-hmm. which I hate, but it's a reality. Yeah, I know. Like with Allie, she um, I sent her my query. She asked for, I want to say like either the first um, 50 pages or maybe the first 100 pages. I can't quite remember what she asked for. Um, and uh, I sent those to her and she, uh, on a Sunday afternoon, she asked for the full. Mm-hmm sent that to her so she could finish reading it and I was in a show because I sent it to her in my little break backstage between mm-hmm, costume changes mm-hmm. 
And when I was having dinner after the show, she sent me an email asking to hop on a call. So she was very quick in her responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is nice mm-hmm. and not nice. always the case. No, it's and not. not necessarily doesn't necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily mean someone's not going to be a good agent for you. Mm-hmm. If they take a while, it is a reality of the business across the board, especially um, since COVID. Right, and in those early stages, yeah, yeah, just because then. it takes them a while to get back to you about a query or about requesting a full doesn't mean they're slow to respond to mm-hmm. everything. And there is an art to checking in without badgering, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that art is because it's very like hard to know. It's hard to know, but yeah. I, but I don't think the answer is, well, just hope it all goes fine. Never follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answer obviously is not follow up every week and keep, right. you know, it's, it's something in between there and yeah. each person is probably going to find their own. Don't harass agents. Don't. Nope harass editors don't harass people nope don't harass period that should be obvious but clearly needs to be said because every (laughs) every other week someone pops up on twitter with another story about how you know some angry writer this that or the other right it's it's not it is it's it's a very serious business but it's not that serious so it sounds from your story correct me if i'm wrong but Mm -hmm. did you get an agent on the first draft of your book no second draft okay because you because i gave you notes yes okay so, but it's a hell of a first draft, though. Oh, thank you. The ending was rough, <laughs> but it was fine. Rough. And it was short, but um, right. How long yeah. was it? It was thirty-four thousand words. That's short. Um, it's very short, but, but it was it was com- the story was complete. How, exactly, and that's what's really important. There are you will. That's it. Let's talk about word count because there's a lot of okay. controversy and well, stress the second about draft it. was forty. I want to say forty-two thousand words. Ask you. So it was a bit closer. Um, right. the book itself, the final book is 78,000. Right. So, and so I think that's a really important thing for people to hear because mm-hmm. there is so much talk about word counts mm-hmm. and they are, they're not irrelevant. It's not that they don't matter. And mm-hmm. there are sort of standard ideas of word count, Yeah. but there are also books that break those. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's like last um, podcast we were talking about how if an agent or, or an editor is like, oh, you don't have the social media following, I can't rep you. Like, that's yeah. an immediate red flag. It's not the same thing where I could, like, I think there are agents or editors who would say, oh, this isn't really the word count for that type of writing, that mm-hmm. type of genre. So based on that, like, if someone said that to me, I wouldn't be like, wow, you're terrible at your job. Right. But that's not the type of agent or editor I personally want to work with. Yeah. Because I think that it's important to be able to be flexible and playful and make the story exactly as long as it needs to be mm-hmm. and not bolster it or cut it because of a genre standard. Yeah. And I will say that, like, neither my agent nor my editor are very um, concerned about word counts right yeah. now. And I found that out with book two. Right. Um, but... Uh, Allie, in particular, is a very editorially minded agent. Mm-hmm. So she, when we started working together, it was with the understanding that she was going to help me further develop my book. Mm-hmm. Every agent does not do that. Right, right. So, right. and every writer doesn't need that from their agent. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a writer who loves having that and appreciates it. Right, um, exactly. I love her notes on my stuff. Um, but yeah, it's... That's also, I think that's also why she was so enthusiastic to take on me and my book and <clears throat> at a stage where it was still, um, it still needed some massaging. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think there is something behind some of that feedback when people say like, oh, this word count, when they point out the word count, right? Mm-hmm. They're thinking about 
selling the book, whether that's mm-hmm. the agent selling it to an editor or publishing house or whether it's the editor thinking about selling it to the people or getting it through sales or, you know, it, that's the other piece of the uh, industry I think people don't know that much about is that an editor is a part of a huge machine mm-hmm. and their job is very often, a lot of their job involves interfacing between the writer and that machine. Mm-hmm. It's a machine made up of many, many people and personalities and corporations sometimes and usually. And so their job is not just to figure out how to get the book in the best shape it can be, how to sell it to the people from the bookstore, but also how to sell it internally to mm-hmm. the people in marketing, in PR, upstairs, in executives, all these folks. So that's a layer too that matters. And so sometimes they might, you know, they might have their own opinions about literature, but they also are very, very acutely aware of what is and isn't going to be a problem to get through. My thing is like that should be a conversation that we can have with each other. And mm-hmm. so if, if you're concerned that this element of it might make it a tougher sell, then can we talk about that and figure out, you know, if we're working together, OK, what can offset that? Or do we is there a way to to make this a longer book or combine things? So they yeah. should be that should be a conversation, in my opinion. This is and this is all very opinion. You know, some mm-hmm. people are like, look, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that's yeah. also fine. I think what's important is for each writer to really look in themselves and figure out what they're looking for from their career Mm -hmm. and more specifically what they're looking for in their relationship with their agent or their editor you know moving forward and these are your business partners so what kind of business relationship are you looking to looking for do you want an agent who's gonna like when you're feeling a lot of pressure from the industry who you know can hop on a phone call with you Mm -hmm. and talk you off the ledge so to speak do you need do you prefer someone who's more like hands-off just like sell my stuff give me numbers that's it and let um, it be said that some of this is going to be vibes, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have ideas about things. That's why it's really important if you have a couple of different agents who are interested or a couple of editors who are interested, depending on what stage you're at in the process, have a conversation with them on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, vibe it out, like figure out, like, do you communicate well? Is it, do you feel understood or misunderstood? Do mm-hmm. you feel like you can ask questions or do you feel like they're rushing you through everything? Those are, that's going to really be one of the defining pieces in making your decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, know what the heart of your book is, mm. because mm. people will come and uh, you may talk to an agent, you may talk to an editor who's mm. going to ask you to cut this or cut that, mm. or maybe we don't need to focus on this or focus on that in the story. And you need to understand, you need to know for yourself which parts of the book you're willing to let go and what parts of the book are sacred and integral to <laughs> what story you're trying to tell. Amen. So. That's it. That's and it. I'm sure you've had that happen. Oh, yes. that I was like, that, <laughs> that brings us perfectly to my story. Um, and that's, in fact, you know, that part of my story, too, is something that's really gone on to guide me as I teach, as I write. And that, that idea of the secret heart of every story and knowing what that is. And it should be said, knowing it, you're not necessarily going to know it on a checklist level or like an elevator pitch level. There, there are elements of your story that are magical and inexplicable and that's a good thing it makes it a little more challenging to recognize them but i think if you stop and really put your head towards it you'll find what that is you'll know what the beating heart of your story is and if even if you don't take that moment to do it there is an internal compass in all of us and that heart of the story is the true north when you get notes that start to pull you from that there will be a very specific kind of discomfort in you that knows that you're not going in the right direction and it's important to listen to that. It's a different kind of discomfort. And this is, I think, a whole other episode that we need to get into. But the different kinds of discomfort in the process of creating art, right? Because there's mm-hmm. discomfort that you hit 
when you're reaching a learning curve and you're like pressing into something new territory that's like leaving your comfort zone and that's a good thing like as an artist you need to lean into that sometimes and recognize it for what it is but there's other kinds of discomfort that is someone pulling you away from the heart of your story and that's also really important so understanding that and sometimes you have to get the note to realize it and but if you do you have this incredible freedom and flexibility um, to do whatever you need to do. And that's, that's an amazing feeling. So for me, I was a paramedic in New York City uh, thinking that I needed to be a musician. But uh, playing music in a band and, and writing music for choreographers and independent filmmakers and puppeteers and other people who couldn't pay me. <laughs> and like, that was the struggle is that I knew I didn't, I'd loved being a medic. I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. And I was sort of trying to figure out what creative form I could take. And I was poking everywhere. Like, is it poetry? Is it screenwriting? Is it plays? I don't know. Eventually, um, I got really tired of trying to get musicians to show up places and trying to get audience members to show up to those places too. Um, this is the era of MySpace. <laughs> and, and, no, it's like Facebook MySpace transition yeah. era. So, you know, like 25 people would say they were coming and two would show up and all that. It was exhausting, man. And I was doing so much more non-music stuff, like trying to produce or just, just trying to, I didn't want to produce. I was just to record people, all this other stuff. And I was like, I was just feeling really removed from the creative process and it was bugging me. And I was lugging drunks back and forth to the hospital every day. So I was like, you know, what if I write a book? That would be so relaxing. <laughs> compared to trying to get little my, did you know my trumpet player to show up on time little, congratulations played yourself I, you know what though it was like on some yeah. level like yeah. just having like taking that time to it, this is okay so to really put a mark on it over new year's uh 2008 into 2009 i was in san francisco and i took a walk i was just by myself um i was with my family but they weren't trying to celebrate so i took a walk and i, I had lived there uh, a bunch of years earlier so I was kind of treading over haunt, old haunting grounds and I got a, a, a bottle of rum and some cigars and I just kind of hit the streets and and I imagined like what if there was like just a whole supernatural activity situation happening in Golden Gate Park mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Cowboy Bebop and that chess episode mm-hmm. and how good it is and just all the different characters around and that's really the birth of Carlos de la Cruz. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, yeah. any hardcore Daniel Jose older fans are going to recognize this and be like, hey, this story sounds familiar. Right. So that's like one of my first like stories. And even that happened because I had been, while I was a paramedic, and I was still at that time, I had been blogging. And that was this moment where I was blogging and, and writing up all these wild things that were happening to me. And I was like, this is really fun. And it's really not easy, but simple. You know, it's really straightforward. I just tell the story. And I I think there was a part of me that had been kind of waiting for that permission a little bit. Like I hadn't, Mm -hmm. I had always loved story and I knew I was going to be a storyteller in some form or another, but novels just felt impossible. You know, it felt like something that like dead white people do. And I was like, there's very few of those things. Because that's what we're taught mostly. (laughs) Right. So I just, I just, it just wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't on my radar as like a super possible thing. I was like, if I'm going to do it, it has to be this like epic sweeping literary masterpiece, you know, and like Mm -hmm. that's exhausting. And uh, it's, I mean, uh, I'm not saying don't reach for that, but I think sometimes in, in seeing that ahead, it just feels so daunting. It feels like a mountain, you know, and and it's like, uh, what if, I don't know. So I, 
So I, I was, but then I was blogging. I was telling these stories, these straightforward stories about you know life on an ambulance, and they were funny and tragic and all these other things. And then finally, I was like, wait, this is this is storytelling. Like this is writing. You know, writing mm-hmm. is storytelling, and it feels simple and straightforward to me and fun because I'm just approaching it as if I was actually telling the story to someone in front of me. And I was like, if I made this up, it would be fiction. And if I <laughs> if I kept doing that, it would be a novel. Like mm-hmm. it literally was like such a huge turning point and it's such a small thing Mm -hmm. but I was really getting in my own way and I just encourage people to get out of your own way Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to write um because once I did that I was like you know let me try let me try a short story you know if I made something up if I put ghosts in you know and so somewhere in there that's and then I was walking around um San Francisco on New Year's and and all these different sort of vibes and stories and ideas were coming so I went home to Brooklyn and I had just moved into a new place and I set up a little office and started writing. And, um, and then I immediately got rejected for the next like three years <laughs> straight. I was writing, look, I started writing, uh, the first book I started writing was Shadow Shaper. Mm. And I wrote a draft of that really fast because I am a Capricorn. And I was, <laughs> and it was January. It was my era. All right, listen, in, just, in your energy. Yeah, man. Look, I just went at it. And um, it was, it was also pretty short. Um, but I thought it was in really good shape for a first novel and a first draft of a first novel. Um, so I started sending it out and I had a professional editor look at it. Marcela Landres, who works a lot with uh, Latinos. She was really cool. And she was like, you know, you should take a short story class. So I did that. Started writing short stories. Met Cherie Renee Thomas, who became one of my great mentors and friends. Mm-hmm. Got rejected, got rejected, got rejected. Wrote a bunch of short stories in her class. Those all got rejected. <laughs> so this is over the course of like a couple of years. Like started mm-hmm. getting a little bit of traction. I think my first publication was on like a, a Tumblr blog. Oh. That someone was just I running. I mean, but you Tumblr know, was listen. doing stuff. Yeah, like, but this. There was a point where Tumblr was. That's true, but this was not. Doing numbers. <laughs> okay. This is not doing numbers. This is something that sat there. Um, you know, and then I started, I started like picking up the pace, getting a couple more acceptances. I kept submitting, getting rejected couple more, a couple larger spots, um, getting paid finally. Um, meanwhile, I was submitting Shadow Shaper, what was not called Shadow Shaper at the time, but this book um, that became Shadow Shaper to agents and getting rejected there too, rejected, rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it piled up to about to 40 rejections, um, which I think is like average, mm-hmm. honestly, um, over the course of, I think, three years. And then I, I had submitted it very early on to Scholastic, to Cheryl Klein at Scholastic, who was accepting non-agented submissions. Mm-hmm. Snail mail. Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 87 years. It's been 80 <laughs> 83 years. That. Um, and, you know, just this is all, when we say submitting, we're talking about partials, which means a section. Usually an agent mm-hmm. wants, um, you know, a, a query, a synopsis, and a couple chapters. Type yeah. Thing. Maybe so, like the, the first like 10 chapters or the first 50 pages. First, yeah. Usually. First three chapters usually. Yeah. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's yeah. like just. Yeah. Something like that though. It depends. Yeah. Definitely read one piece of advice. Just read the guidelines for each yes. one because they're Absolutely. always different and it matters. It's such a small thing, but it matters so much. They ask yeah. for a reason. Each yeah. agent has a method, you know. Yeah. And then have different. I'd saved the first three chapter version. I have a saved first 50 pages version mm-hmm. and a first 100 pages version all like separately. Mm, so I didn't have to in the moment when they were like, hey, send me your send me your pages. Right. I wasn't scrambling like, ah, ah, right, right, ah, exactly. wait, wait, wait. See, that's smart. Yes. I, make, I do smart stuff sometimes. Constantly. Actually. Constantly. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up. Oh, you flatterer. Well, 
Anyway, um, so I so <laughs> basically like fast forward, um, the pace did keep picking up. I kept getting more and more publications. Um, in the it's still in the course of waiting for Cheryl and any agent to respond. I did have agents that were interested, including um, one named Nathan Bransford, who's really great, who was very very giving in his editorial advice. Even though he wasn't ready to fully take me on as a client, he mm-hmm. gave me amazing um, notes. And this is what comes back to our earlier conversation because. He, at one point, was like, this is incredible. He was like, well, the first third is incredible. The second two thirds, you know, they're not really working. There's, like, too much going on. He was so right. Like, he was... The first draft of what became Shadow Shaper is on Wattpad. Mm. Um, And you can read it. it, It's called Sierra Santiago and the Invisible City. And Mm -hmm. basically, I made the beginner mistake of being like, I've loved monsters my whole life, so I will put all of the monsters I've ever dreamed of in one book. Because who knows if I'll ever write another book? Right. <laughs> the joke is on me. 20, 20 right. books later. So don't do that. <laughs> but um, but anyway, you know, he. I think like if he had said that and not had good thoughts on the book, I would have just blown it off. But he was really smart, really caring. He clearly really loved that first third and the premise, and he understood what I was trying to do. And this is really one of the key moments in my understanding of the heart of a book is that I knew that the story I was trying to tell was about, you know, this girl, Sierra in Brooklyn and her friends dealing with supernatural shenanigans and magic and being exactly who they were, you know, and, and knowing that allowed me to say, you know what, you're right. Like there is too much going on. Let me cut this back. Let me redesign the mythology and the structure and some of the relationships and, let me just take you know take it all the way back and and not start from scratch, but start from this you know after this first third, and that's one of the pieces along the way that made it into the book it became one of many. Eventually, um, Cheryl was about to go to acquisitions with it and wanted a couple changes, so we met up, had coffee. I was like, oh my god, Scholastic! I can't believe it. This is amazing. <laughs> um, we all grew up you know with Scholastic book fairs mm-hmm. and everything else, um, so I. We had a, a lot of discussions about it, and I made a lot of changes, and this is over the course of another year or so. And then eventually acquisitions, uh, she finally went through acquisitions, and it seemed like it took forever. It did take forever, but it was October of 2012 mm. that um, she came through with the acceptance. Right that same weekend, um, an agent that I'd been talking to after having left another agent earlier, long story, we'll get to that one day maybe, um he came through and was like yeah i want to work with you um and so everything really happened out of that i think that's really my entrance point so three agents and i'm on my third agent right now Mm -hmm. um joe volpe and she is incredible she has been life-changing to work with uh here we are Mm -hmm. like you said 20 books later right how does that feel ah that feels really good it feels really, really good. I've said this before, but it was not a goal of mine to be like to have twenty books out. That was not. I just love stories, and I want to write stories, you know. And and things came in series. Shadow Shaper did not. I did not mm-hmm. sell Shadow Shaper as a series, no matter how hard I tried. They were like, no, it's one book for now. And mm-hmm. They really wanted to, you know, game it out. And then when it did well, they were like, oh, do you, do you want to write some other ones? Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me think about it because right. I was mad. <laughs> yeah. So I really it's, did take the time. It's hard. To think not for it. nothing. It's yeah. hard to sell a series. Yes, it it's is. very hard. It's rare that you not. And this is not. I don't say this as a flex. <laughs> it's very hard to sell a series of books. Yeah, um, that's true, though. That's true. Yeah. And, and it's fine not to like mm-hmm. some, and something shouldn't be a series, you know, like yeah. in the case of Shadow Shaper. 
it felt like a series when I was writing it and I wanted it to be a series. But yeah. there are book, you know, uh, Book of Lost Saints is a book of mine that's very much a standalone. Yeah. In fact, they were like, maybe it should be two books. And I was like, no, 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 just it's chill. Like, it's just, just, one. It's just, just, one. just relax, relax. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think my next book after I finish this trilogy is a standalone. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, one thing I wanted to get into is some just some basic sort of like steps. There's a lot of mystery around the process because it's like, where do you start, right? It's huge. Um, first of all, you want to have a finished manuscript that you're happy you with. You not want, you, you have to correct. have a finished manuscript before that you, you are happy with before you start reaching out to agents. Send that first query, exactly. Yes. You do not query until you have a finished manuscript, not just a finished manuscript, but one that you have bounced off at least one other person. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that that is challenging. Um, if you have to hire an editor, that might be the move. I know that's yeah. not easy. If I you, don't well, think that's, yeah. that's not, that shouldn't be your first go-to. I think like you should have a friend or someone. Yeah. Read and there are also, you can get a critique partner, somebody exactly. who you can swap work with. You give them notes, they give you notes. There are so many great craft books out there to use. Yeah, uh, Save the Cat Writes a Novel is great. Save mm-hmm. the Cat in general is a great read. I swear by um, Story by Robert McKee, which is tailored towards screenwriters directly, but there's so much to mm-hmm. learn, whatever form of narrative you're working in. Uh, Cheryl Klein's book, The Magic Words, if you're yes. writing for um, young adults and children in particular. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a finished manuscript, and by finished we mean had, had at least one beta reader read it in order to query but there's a lot of work to do before you send that query and that involves understanding the industry that's a lifelong career-long process you should start now right and it's the kind of thing you can kind of do on like your non-writing time you know like you should be reading agent blogs Uh, one place i always send people is actually that same agent nathan bransford who was really helpful for me he left the business basically right when we were on the cusp of being like he was like oh we're about to be able to work together and then he left the business which is fine, but um, he's a really great guy and really smart, and he keeps a blog which has a lot of links to other agent and editor blogs. Uh, Query Shark is really helpful. There's a lot mm-hmm. out there. People are talking about the industry and what they want, what they're looking yeah. for. You know how this th- how this thing works. So read up on it. There's no reason not to know. It's free. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason not to have a general sense of how things work and what people are talking about. And you can do it. You know, like while you're commuting or whatever that yeah. might be. And also be strategic about um, who you are reaching out to. Right. Don't just send your queries to whatever agent you can get an email for. Like, exactly. You check should, out their client right. list. Check out their manuscript wish list. Check mm-hmm. out the books that they already represent. Um, check out the things that they don't represent and make sure you're not, you know, just spinning your wheels trying to get their attention. Um, to oh, to work ahead. that backwards, um in order to start forming your list of agents of dream agents, you think of your list of dream authors and then literally Google their name and agent. And most of the time you'll be able to find who reps them or literary agent, mm-hmm. you know, be creative and, and figure it out because it's all that information is usually out there. And mm-hmm. that's how you start building your list. You know, you think yeah. about comps, which means what, what books are related to yours in vibe or theme or subject mm-hmm. and who your favorite people writing in that world are. And it go, kind of goes without saying, but you should have a sense of that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want to be writing in a genre you've never read. Yes. Uh, for many reasons. So find, find some of your favorites and figure out who reps them and put them on your list and then figure out what those people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how you start. And then they, that, that road will take you to many different folks. And remember, it's a long and winding road. I mean, just listening to the two different paths that we had mm-hmm. should let you know like that there's a whole swath in between uh, all those different things. Yeah, there, there really is. And 
um, you know, with query letters, there are a bunch of authors who have put their query letters on, like, on their blogs or on their website, so mm -hmm. you can see some samples. I'll put mine up on my Substack, um, so you can see like what I was working with. Mm -hmm. um, it is, uh, it's way simpler and way less verbose than a lot of people make it. <laughs> yeah, I think that could almost be its own episode. I have a YouTube tutorial up on writing query letters and writing synopses. Mm. Oh, God, I hate synopses. Yeah, people hate synopses, but it's a similar thing. so much. It's literally just telling the story of the book. I know, and it, you know, synopses saved my life, but I right. hate them so much. Yeah, hate you'll hate them, them less as, as you do them Will more. I? I, I think. Yeah. I, think. I got to do another one for the next thing. I, I've planned out like my next 10 books with my agent. We, That's we, wild. We're playing long game. Yes. Listen, I I am type A. I also have Capricorn <laughs> all up in my chart. True, so true, I, true, you true. know. God bless. Got to. And I'm an Aries. So strike while the iron is hot. Boom, boom. The iron is always hot for you. <laughs> um, and so are you. Oh, hey. Hey. Um, Anyway. Uh, wait, there was a, there was another thing I wanted to get in. It's um, I don't know. Uh, you gotta you need a finish. You have to have a finished draft. Yeah. You um, it, it doesn't have to be perfect because perfection does not exist until unless it is death. Better dirt on the body than the body in dirt. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but when we said it's a marathon, not a sprint, um, that's really important. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy to, especially looking at other authors from the outside and seeing yeah. people's trajectories, it looks like everyone blows up overnight, you know, or like you just boom, 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 boom. There's no such thing as an overnight sensation because even that person who blows up suddenly shows up on everyone's radar has been working and grinding at it for mm -hmm. a long time Isn't behind the scenes. there a saying that like it takes 10 years to become an overnight success sure. or something like that? Yeah. Like that TV show Smash. Oh no, that was a bad you, example. Wait, what? No, I, I just want. I think they're I trying to take that to Broadway, yeah. though. Yeah, they are That's an trying to make a comeback. <laughs> wild, wild time. Truly, another era. Wild. Um, the dramatization of backstage, which is also at times a very boring existence. We need we need Smash for books. <laughs> <laughs> it would just it's, be people typing. Right. <laughs> that's why there hasn't been we, like. I mean, but that's like. Uh, I mean, it's it is like the the solo author type. It, it's always they always make it either a man or woman who's completely dissatisfied with their life, going through like an almost midlife crisis, right? And then they just have to like they owe this book to their editor, and their editor's like, "Hey, <laughs> how you doing?" <laughs> like this is an actual movie that you're you're three directly you're three attacking. years past your deadline. <laughs> I'm just want to make sure everything's okay. <sighs> and it's like, well. You know, you can't take, they're not going to take the advance back. No. They can't. That's yours. Run. Go to yeah. Columbia. Save your sister. <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap up. Uh, yeah. Thanks once again for listening to Ink Bottle. Yes. It's been a blast. Please do um, comment. Tell us your journeys, where you're at yeah. in it. Ask us questions. Yes. Uh, Follow-up questions are fine. We're definitely not like, well, we talked about that. Like, yeah, this yeah, will come absolutely. up again and again. This is a very ongoing topic. Yeah. Every topic is. So, uh, but we love craft questions, process questions, mm -hmm. life questions, parenting questions. Yes. We can't give parenting advice. I mean, We no, can't give legal no. advice or medical advice. No. I Although mean, I was once a medical practitioner. Yep, you were. I do were. not have my card handy. No. I mean, they can't see it. Anyway. 
you can you can describe what it looks like. You can give the audio description of someone, it. Did I tell you someone put that in my um, mentions yesterday? They did. Still oh, that moment. Anyway, all right. Back. Okay. <laughs> Thank um, y'all for listening. This has been Ink Bottle. Yeah. Um, also, as always, you can find us uh, oh, yeah. on the internet. Um, you can find us at uh, our the podcast handle is Ink Bottle Podcast. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, you can find me everywhere across the internet at Brittany X, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-A-C-T-S. And I'm not, I'm not Daniel, doing this again. I'm not doing this again. But you Daniel, know, you, you can, know, you can find him different places. It'll be in the but, notes. Okay. But you know what we didn't do last time? Our what? websites. Ah, okay. And those are yes. like the most important. First of all, I'm on Substack. So if you're listening we're to this. We're both on Substack. We're, yes. That. Um, you were on Substack as. I don't know, man. I think I want to say Daniel Jose Older. And I am on Substack as, of course. Brittany X. But most importantly, my website is danieljoseolder.net. And on my website, you can find links to all of these things. So I don't even have to recite the 15 different names that I have across the different socials. But also on my website, you can find that blog that I mentioned on this episode because I have it posted from my ambulance years. You can see me as a baby writer learning how to like use my voice and figure out narrative. There's also classes on there, uh, writing classes, writing fundamental classes, um on what's it called skillshare skillshare Mm -hmm. um which have been widely enjoyed yes they're very popular extremely popular popular and and you can find all my books yes and what's your website my website is brittanynwilliams.com you can find info on my books you can find some of my short stories some of the articles that i wrote for black nerd problems and other places um and then you can also sign up for my Substack. We're going to be talking writing there and Ooh. maybe some acting stuff. Um, got some book news coming this week for my subscribers, my subscribe bees. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be a good time. Good night. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next time. I'll see y'all next time. Bottles up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I might. I actually don't hate it. I don't hate it.